Yeah, you ready, Craig Bot? <laughs> yeah, you ready, Craig Bot? All right. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode 159. Oh, one five nine. There you go, crickets. And we are back. So for those who were live on Twitch, you guys saw us make a mistake live, but that's okay. All right. And uh, yeah, so we are back for another wonderful day of content. We have quite a quite a big boy agenda here, I would say, and uh, a lot of stuff to go through, including uh, one very large topic that I've really been looking forward to having a conversation with my with my buddy here. So before we get started, um, how has your week been, Gabe? Good, 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 man. This damn sun's been kind of baiting on me, if you know what I mean. Yeah, the sun, man. It's it's uh, it's it's kicking everybody's ass right now. It's it's, it's pretty bright. <laughs> It's not even just that. It's not even just the, the sun, the getting of the sun. It's the fact that it came with like rain. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like it was raining, 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 and then it got really fucking brutally hot. And then just the humidity was just nasty. Gotcha. Got that, got that overhead combo going, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. So like I said, we have a little bit of a big boy agenda. So let's go ahead and get to it. So. Apparently, with everything going on with uh, the DC Universe and whatnot, apparently they're going to be doing Flashpoint and bringing back Michael Keaton uh, returning as Batman. So obviously, he's not going to be like a modern day Batman. It's going to be old man bats. And I think it's kind of interesting. What do you guys, what do you think about this? Uh, I think somebody like Michael Keaton, who's one of the OG film Batmans, right? Returning to DC in general. I think I'm just super excited for it. But it's interesting to, interesting to see how he's going to. Uh, I guess kind of adapt and change to different roles, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of something that was interesting. I, it's something that has been speculated for a while, but I guess Keaton had officially agreed that he's going to be signing on and uh, like playing like an old man bat. So again, I don't know exactly where this falls. I don't know if it's a TV show or if they're doing a movie with that, with the whole Flashpoint thing, but I guess we'll find out soon enough. And uh, yeah, Michael Keaton returning as the bat. Quite interesting. Super cool. And um, you know, it is what it is. Let's keep moving. So Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk uh, 2077 uh, is going to get its own anime on Netflix. So obviously this is the video game, right? Um, that's going to be coming out. One of the more anticipated games coming out soon enough, right? And um, yeah, he's gonna, they're going to be doing an anime on Netflix. And I know you have opinions about uh, the Netflix animes. What do you think? Um, it really depends which studio is kind of spearheading the project. But um. Overall, I think Netflix does a pretty solid job of adapting these things. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just have to see how much interest it sort of garners and stuff like that, because it's easy to crank out something mm-hmm. and have nothing behind it, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of curious where this kind of falls in line with the story and like the IRL time frame. Like, does this come out before the game to mm-hmm. hype people up? Does this come out after the game to give them something to chew over? Mm-hmm. I guess we'll have to... Ha- find out and see but i actually did not know about this topic so thank you for bringing that up yeah man i think it's kind of interesting because um like you said we don't really have any like preset expectations you know because it's a new ip we haven't really been in the world yet we haven't had the chance to get invested in yet so i think this is kind of a good opportunity to kind of get people familiar with it you know because like when it came to stuff like um you know like castlevania people know that lore up and down you know what i mean and uh with this you know it's a new new thing so they can kind of do with it whatever they want. And I think that's pretty exciting for uh, for those folks over there. So definitely very cool. And uh, yeah, speaking of which, uh, or speaking of things that I'm excited about, apparently Scream 5, man. Uh, Scream 5 apparently got greenlit. I know that uh, when Craven was still alive that he wasn't really 
wanting a new uh screen screen movie to come out uh i think he was quite disappointed with the last one that turned out uh i liked four i don't know what your opinion is have you seen four gabe i have seen four is that okay yeah i thought it was i thought it was pretty good i think it went really hard on trying to go too meta which i think it's kind of funny because screen as a scream as a franchise is like very no for that kind of infer you know that referential meta kind of uh Fourth wall breakage. Yeah, fourth wall breaking kind of a, kind of a thing. So I thought, I think it maybe leaned a little too hard on that. Uh, but, uh, I wonder what, what's coming out, going on with this. I wonder if Nev Campbell and, uh, what's his fucking name? David Arquette are going to be making a return, but I'm all for it, man. Um, I think Scream is due and I think they have an opportunity to really make fun of some of the more recent, um, horror, you know, uh, niches and, uh, cliches and whatnot. So I'm kind of looking forward to see what they're going to do. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Scream Five. Do we have a time frame on that? No, I haven't heard anything about it. It's it's kind of hard, right, with everything going on. Obviously, you know, um, kind of to kind of get. <laughs> yeah. Who time- knows if we'll ever get yeah. movies back? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to get a time frame going on that. But um, hopefully, it'll be out soon, man. Because I I saw that they pushed back um, Godzilla versus Kong, and that upset me. Um, they were supposed to come out in November, but they pushed it to May of next year. So I'm kind of bummed out about it. I'm not gonna lie. But you, I guess we'll have to find out, you know, um, we have to wait and see what their plans with that are moving forward. But, um, yeah, I think it should be cool. Uh, screen five, screen making a return to the big screens. Hopefully if the big screens ever open up ever again. And I guess we'll have to wait and see. That would be actually a, a pretty cool movie to see in like a drive through kind of setting. Yeah. It's got that kind of old timey seventies, eighties yeah. feel to it, even though that's not the setting for most of them. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, I just think it just lent, horror in general, I think, lends itself well to the drive-thru kind of vibe, you know? You know, uh, I think maybe you've just been watching too many horror movies with drive-in theaters. You think so? <laughs> you yeah, think so? maybe. Maybe it's like a self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy, you know? <laughs> I guess what? Uh, maybe guess the what? coronavirus was, was perpetuated by uh, Hollywood horror directors to bring back drive-in theaters and then uh, bring back the Hollywood slasher himself, right? Hey, write that down, bro. Write that down. Somebody write that down. <laughs> yeah, so uh, very, very cool. Next up, Margot Robbie. Apparently, I, I haven't heard anything about this. Uh, it sprang up on my news feed. I didn't even know they were in talking in talks with her about it. But apparently, she's going to be getting her own, I guess, reboot of Pirates of the Caribbean. Margot Robbie will be starring and executive producing a new Pirates of the Caribbean film, apparently completely unrelated to Jack Sparrow and all his crazy adventures. I don't know if it's going to be going on on like a parallel timeline or if it's just going to be like a, a real reboot of the whole entire situation. So, Margot Robbie, you and I are quite big fans. What's your opinion? Um, well, you know, I love her as an actress, but uh, has she been in a Pirates movie? Negatively. Negative. Negative. Okay. Um. I think she has the personality for it, and I, I like Margot because she always adds sprinkles here and there to her roles and stuff. Mm-hmm. You really see, you know, Margot shine through as opposed to just the character she's playing, right? If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think she could rock it. I am quite enjoying her kind of stardom that she's getting at the moment. Obviously, with the the Harley Quinn or whatever the fuck the end movie or the end title of the movie was, <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah, dude, I'm I'm totally in support of it. Um, I'm just kind of curious to see if this will be another one of those things where it's like, oh, it's woman-led, blah, 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 which, you know, mm-hmm. totally fine, but, like, at the end of the day, it has to be a good movie for it to mm-hmm. sell. Yeah, that was my little, my concern, too, but I didn't hear anything about it being female-led other than the fact it was led by a female. Ooh, we got a, uh, a subscriber of some sort. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. 
Mr. Beast Mode. Mr. Beast Mode. Wow, okay. I got a sub live on the podcast. Thanks, awesome. guys. Excellent. Uh, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to, to this. I wonder what Mar- Margo's going to bring to it. Cause like I said, it's going a little bit just beyond her being an actress in it. You yeah. know, uh, she's going to be running the show. And, uh, I have a feeling, uh, based on what I've seen in her capabilities thus far, she is not a lazy story person. She cares about story. And, um, I think she could give this thing some love. I think it, I think it's honestly what it needs right now is some love. So. I think it would be cool. And I wonder if it's going to tie into Disney at all. I don't know. It would, I think it would have to, right? You would think? Uh, it can. Maybe not necessarily. We'll mm. see. Yep. I'm sure they'll do a lot of uh, promo material, shirts, posters, toys. For I'm sure. sure. It'll sell, sell, sell. Absolutely. Well, we, all the, I mean, say what, people can say what they want about the Pirates movies. I, I'll say there's more of them that I probably dislike than the ones that I do like, but they all sell well. You know what I mean? So I guess we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Alrighty. Next up, uh, probably one of the most classic iconic duos in the history of, uh, media. Beavis and Butthead are getting a return. I guess to uh, MTV. I guess they're getting a, their TV show back. And, uh, Beavis and Butthead, kind of a underrated, um, commodity when it comes to alternative music. You know, bringing alternative music to like the limelight. People think things that people don't normally listen to. Um, they are bringing it to the forefront, and they are bringing it back. Beavis and Butthead doing America is one of the most underrated movies of all time. I don't care what anybody says. And uh, it's wonderful. I'm excited. How, uh, what is your experience with Beavis and Butthead? Do you like doing America? Have you seen it even? Yeah, I like doing America. I think it's quite all right. Um, I, I kind of liked it more for the commentary aspect as opposed to like introducing to new music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So uh, I'm kind of curious to see where this goes because this is the age of – very easily discovered new music. So I'm, I'm kind of curious what they would propagate to the forefront of the MTV music scene, which, you know, is it really even music anymore? <laughs> no, it's, it's really not. No, definitely but not. I, I'm curious to see because they brought back Headbangers Ball and it lasted mm-hmm. all of like four or five episodes before they canceled it again, you know? True. So some things just work better in their own timelines and their own like cultural zeitgeist and shit like that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I I, I want to be hopeful, but maybe the teens of today just are not ready for Beavis and Butthead. I mean, uh, the thing about Beavis and Butthead that it was kind of like a like a musical version of like science fiction theater three thousand, you know, where yeah. like you said, it's more about them kind of laughing at what's on the TV than as opposed to like them actually us actually getting to absorb whatever they're actually showing. You know what I mean? It's more about them making jokes about it. And uh, I think uh, I don't know if it if if it's just me, but I think. TV is not the best platform for this. I think actually if MTV wanted to kind of really, um, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Take advantage of like how the world has changed. This should be like a, like a YouTube series. You know what I mean? Yes. I I can see that. You know, because like you and I don't both know that like the reaction aspect of like, YouTube has like Beavis and Butthead react, yeah, yeah. Beavis and Butthead react exactly, and they'll be able to react to whatever the fuck. And I would honestly, outside of metal, I would love to see them react to some shitty rap videos. You know what I mean? And be like, "What the fuck is this?" You know what I mean? And kind of do it uncensored, even. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, Hell yeah, yeah. So that's what I would recommend. I mean, granted, I don't have any money, so I don't have any power, but uh, <laughs> I think it'd be kind of cool to check it out. You know? Yeah, boy. So there's that. All right, uh, and that is. Movies, TV, and books for today. 
Now, uh, let's go ahead and get starting into gaming today. Gaming kind of a, a bigger deal, um, especially for me this week. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, some major things. Warner Gaming's division is being sold for parts, apparently. All right. Warner Games, uh, I think Rocksteady is behind that. Also, another studio that we care deeply about, and that is um, Mortal Kombat, NetherRealm Studios. All right. And the current highest bidder, from what I'm hearing, is, well, the two highest bidders I'm hearing, is uh, Activision and EA. <laughs> All right. Well, it was fun while it lasted, Midway and then <laughs> NetherRealm. <laughs> so apparently that's uh that is the rumor right now obviously nothing has happened yet uh it has been in the talks for the last couple of days or last couple of weeks rather that potentially rocksteady again rocksteady's are the guys who did uh the arkham games for batman um that that might be getting sold sooner rather than later so uh potentially a shitty situation for one of our favorite gaming franchises Hey, yeah. on the bright side, you'll be able to get a, a weekly new skin pack for your favorite fighters. This is true. Yeah. They'll sell it for five dollars a skin. And, um, you know, uh, maybe DLC characters, you know, and we'll be able to pay $50 a week for the newest, latest and greatest, you know. And, uh, don't forget they're probably sure they're going to put some kind of slot machine inside the, you know. Yeah, of course. Can, can you spell slot machine with a K? Is there any way to put a K in there? But wait, that's not it. If Activision buys it, of course, you know, there's going to be those Mortal Kombat Modern Warfare skin packs too. Right. Ooh, so now okay. you got to spend even more money. Johnny oh, Cage wait. looks. <laughs> Johnny Cage operator lookalike. Yeah, Johnny Cage looks like Price. They got him dressed up as Price or something like well, that. Well, I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say they bring in Price to oh. MK11. Oh, okay. Now you're thinking. Yeah. So obviously this brings potentially ugly kind of uh, repercussions uh, as far as Mortal Kombat and some other major, major game companies. Uh, studios rather and uh, kind of worried a little bit you know like I said we've talked about uh, Activision and more so EA's lack of morality when it comes to taking advantage of their user base uh, but granted you know Warner wasn't perfect either you know you remember the whole uh, when the, the, when MK11 dropped how ugly that was you know so they're not perfect either but um, I think it was going to go from bad to worse when it comes to you know uh, their handling of that so, uh, ugly, 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 ugly. Any further thoughts on that? I don't want to, con- I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. All right. So, uh, so remember how you and I mentioned how Evo, the physical version will be canceled, right? Yes, uh, of course. Well, well, apparently the online version has been canceled as well, but not because of logistical reasons, but because of, I guess, um, the guy who runs the show at, at for the Evo. I believe his name is Tony or something or like something or other. I don't I don't want to give him his name, but apparently he has uh gotten to some scandal uh with pedophilia. Oh yikes. Yeah, so the dude runs the show over there and uh everybody who was planning on all the companies, all the developers who were gonna bring their games to the table have all opted out in doing so. And apparently uh that individual has been released by the people who run Evo and apparently next year they are going to be looking at some serious ways how to revamp and change up the current formatting so it looks a little bit less like what this guy created. So okay. uh, yeah, so major major issues, major uh swing of the scenario over there at Evo and uh I'm quite sad. I think the fighting game community, I think Evo is one of the purest events when it comes to the love of 
the content, you know? Absolutely. Uh, because, you know, you have stuff like E3 and other bigger gaming conventions and things like that where it's more about the press and more about coverage and getting the inside scoop while when it comes to Evo, the competition aspect of it and just the community at large, it's about the love of, you know, the material. And uh, I think the fighting game community got it on the teeth on this one. And I, I feel quite bad. What's your opinion? Yeah, well, you know, you know, I have kind of been conversing that this thing already kind of needs a revamp in regards to how Evo is set up, run, and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm totally for it, and it kind of sucks that this needs to be the catalyst for it. Correct. But yeah. I mean, if Sonic Fox can whoop your ass in the comfort of his own loafers, then why the fuck not, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's a little sad. Um, because like I said, Evo, kind of the the premier example of love from a community. You know, kind of sad. That it played out the way that it did, but unfortunately, not much we can do about that. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Pokemon Snap making a return to the Switch. Are you going to get this game? Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, yeah. So Snap, Pokemon Snap. I'm sure you uh, you might remember how kind of awesome it was when we were kids, right? Uh, but I don't know how well that will translate into the current world because we kind of have Pokemon Go already, right? And that's kind of and like people this. are still very heavily playing it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it didn't take. It's not a. Um, it wasn't like the end of world, uh, end of uh, world violence, like it was <laughs> when it first came out. You know, everybody was on that bandwagon, but um, yeah, people are still heavily invested into the Pokemon Go, and uh, I wonder. I mean, I understand that Snap is like more of like a virtual world, but why do that when you can play Go, right? Absolutely. So uh, I thought that was kind of. Uh, Man, I didn't even finish the last fucking Pokemon game, and you're already talking about Gabe. You're gonna get the new one. Yeah. <laughs> what was the most recent one you got? Uh, I got Pokemon Shield. How's that going so far? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. Somebody get out the duster because I don't know how to fucking play this game after eight months of negligence. <laughs> hey, man, it is what it is. But Snap, Pokemon Snap, kind of cute. Probably more of a gimmick than anything. It was a gimmick when it was on the N64 too, I guess. Right, but. Speaking about Snap, how about you roll on over and snap your skateboard up because Skate 4. Yeah, so uh, Skate 4 finally got the green light. You and I talked about this so many times um, that EA, for whatever reason, just refused to pull the trigger when it came to, um, you know, (laughs) the skate games. I don't know why. But, of course, naturally, with the announcement of the Tony Hawk Remastered and stuff like that. EA said, hold my fucking beer. Yeah, EA said, wait a second, hold on. There's money to be made here. Well, you know, EA, we're all about making money. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because they had their whole little press conference about it, right? And um, it was like, oh, yeah, like we just started development on Skate 4. And when they say just, I mean probably two hours before that they were told that they were going to have to film something talking about it. So it is very, very early in this process. And uh, I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> so... Yeah, man. Uh, skate 4. I'm excited. I like the skate games. Um, they're a different kind of look at skating games as a whole. A little bit more, I don't want to say realistic because in the end it's really not, but a little bit more of a realistic point of view, I guess, when it comes to skating. So uh, I thought it was kind of cool, and I'm glad to see it back. Any opinion? Hell yeah. <laughs> Gabe's overall opinion today is hell yeah. All right. Marvel's Avengers. Have you seen anything about this? No, I haven't actually. What is this? Crystal Dynamics, ha- I think it's Crystal Dynamics, is working on a Mar- Marvel game, Avengers game. 
apparently, uh, is that Brainiac? No, that's not Brainiac. I'm sorry. That's the other guy. I forget his name, but apparently he's the main villain of the game and you're taking, you're playing from a perspective of like a new character. Uh, and eventually, like, I guess whoever was the main villain kind of brought uh, the Avengers to their knees and this new villain or new character rather will be like trying to bring them back and whatnot. So, uh, I thought it was interesting. It looked cool. Crystal Dynamics knows how to make a, a good game. Obviously, at least they know how to make it look good. Uh, they're the people behind, uh, Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider reduce, uh, reboots, I guess. And, uh, it was all, good stuff so avengers something to look forward to all right and uh it is all good stuff so you ready to talk about this uh last stop this next topic game yeah let's let's get into it because uh because we got some words yeah so we do a podcast correct so the last of us part two dropped what is it two weeks ago at this point and uh yeah i just want to talk about it i actually wrote down stuff like a like full like a full review. I'm gonna go through this. Um, I'm gonna go through the whole thing, and then you and I will talk about it after the fact. All right. So, um, if you want to stop me, please do. If not, let's let me get get to the end of this. All right. So, uh, The Last of Us Part Two is easily one of the most one of my most anticipated games of all time, and has finally arrived. Though it has returned with some controversy, The Last of Us Part Two picks up five years after the events of the previous game, where we join Ellie, who has grown accustomed to life. Colony life in Jackson. Early within the game, tragedy strikes, which leads Ellie on a quest for revenge that brings her to Seattle. While in Seattle, Ellie finds herself in the middle of a territory war between two groups, one called the WLF, Wolves, and the Seraphites, also known as Scars, who are a religious cult. This is where the game shines, where they, where you basically, where you play as Ellie in search of those who wronged her. The gameplay has stayed relatively unchanged from the previous game, but it comes with some slight upgrades. The ability to craft new items as well as create a new uh, skill tree system that helps you kind of play the game the way that you want. You can go balls to the wall with the gunplay or you could be that sneaky silent assassin, which I definitely would recommend due to the number of people out there. It's totally up to you. It has come with additional movement options. Ellie being much younger than Joel has mobility options in combat situations. In typical Last of Us fashion, supplies are scarce, and sometimes you need to make a vital choice between having either a med kit or a Molotov cocktail. Ellie's side of the story is filled with a bunch of unique characters who all have different perspectives on the situation at hand. Characters such as Jesse and Dina really make the world come alive. The world also includes some very well-written and well-acted flashbacks between Ellie and Joel, which further establish their relationship as a father-daughter style tandem. If the game was strictly Ellie's version of the story, it would be an easy 10 out of 10. However, this is where... The Last of Us Part 2 fails to reach expectations. The game introduces a new character by the name of Abby. Abby is a crucial member of the Wolves, and about half of the game you play as her. This detail, which went largely unmentioned by the developer, is a large part of the uproar that has come for this game. All right. Uh, so there is that. So wait, sorry, I lost my, lost my place. Abby's part of the story is filled with a bunch of hollow characters, most of which you do not care about, including her. Naughty Dog definitely tried their best to make you sympathetic and empathetic with this character. However, it failed to reach the mark. Simply, her story isn't that interesting. The only positive I can take from her section is that it dives more dives more slightly deep into the ongoing war between these two factions that I had mentioned earlier. Though admittedly, by the end, we still do not know enough information for us to care as much as the as Naughty Dog wanted us to. The Last of Us Part 2 is literally the tale of two games. One section which carries extreme emotional depth with characters you love and want to see arrive into the sunset. The other features a character you really don't want to play as and care very little whether she lives or dies. 
I would be remiss to talk about The Last of Us without mentioning The Infected. The Infected are back and they are more terrifying than ever. The classics such as The Runner, Clickers, and Bloaters all make their horrifying return. The game really amps up the anxiety when it comes to dealing with The Infected. Oftentimes, you are alone, extremely outnumbered, and under-equipped to deal with the dangers ahead. The game also introduces new new versions of The Infected who are more disturbing, that's real life, than the other ones previously introduced. In this world, you're surrounded by Infected what seems like around every corner. However, the true villain of this game are the human factions. The Scars are particularly brutal on how they dispatch opposition, and the Wolves, are who are heavily militarized, are armed to the gills. The violence of this game is so realistic and visceral that long play sections will often leave you depressed and sad. The weight of your actions in this game have profound impact on your actual real-life conscience, and you will begin questioning your own morality. That's real life, too. Um, the major themes is the cyclical nature of violence and revenge. That if you allow it to, if you allow, oh my god, if you, if you are allowed to let revenge consume your soul, you will be left with nothing. The scale and scope of Naughty Dog, uh, sorry, the scale and scope of this game is to be commended by Naughty Dog. It is a visually stunning game and no doubt was intended to be the masterpiece of this generation of gaming. However, in that endeavor, while not a bad game by any, not a bad game by any means, it has failed to capture my heart like the first one. The Abby portion of the game really leaves the bad taste in your mouth. This should have been a story about Ellie and Ellie alone. The Last of Us Part 2 is just a good game, and that is why it is tremendously disappointing. B+. Plus. That's my that's my review. What do we think? How long has it been since you read that much? Uh, <laughs> been a while. Um, but yeah, that that's my review of the game. B+. Plus, I, I definitely do not see the 4 out of 10s, the 3 out of 10s, the 2 out of 10s that places like people like Metacritic and stuff like that have posted up about it but it's definitely on the flip side of the coin it is definitely not a perfect game like the IGNs and the game stops and all that stuff have pretended it is all right so I find myself kind of in the middle I am disappointed with some aspects of the game um, I wish they could have done more I wish they could have d- dive a little bit more deeply on the situations that we cared about and uh, but the stuff that is there uh, I love especially all the stuff with Ellie I think it's all great and uh, yeah, man, that that's my opinion on it. Uh, I wish it could have been better. Not quite as good as the first, but definitely a solid title worthy of the Last of Us name. But I uh, I wonder where if they are gonna go from here. You know? What Hell you yeah, think? I gotta wait another seven years for the Last of Us Part Three. <laughs> yeah, I, I mentioned to you earlier, man. I mean, um, just like I said, due to the size and scope and the length of the game, the length was tremendously surprising. Um. I can see why it took so long to make um, just how good it looks and how long the story is because man, I, I was expecting more along the lines of like 15 to 20. We got more from like 25 to 30 hours of gameplay out of it. And that's a lot. And um, it's a lot of stuff in there. But like I said, a large portion of it is you playing as this other character that you really have zero motivation to want to play as. So um, I just wish that maybe they would cut that section out or maybe make not make those sections as long, at least like consecutively, because literally the the first half is you playing as Ellie, and then halfway over it switches to you playing exclusively this character. I don't understand why we couldn't bounce back and forth between the two characters, because basically it's the same timeline. So why not bounce back and forth, and you know you'd be able to see what the other one's doing from their perspective, you know? So um, I wish I could have enjoyed it more than I did. I did have fun. Uh, I mean, I, I live streamed it five consecutive days. And, um, yeah, man, I just wish that the, it was, there was a little bit more there. Any opinions? I still think 
Um, part of the issue with this game at the moment is that people are comparing it so heavily to the first one. Mm-hmm. And fine, you know, same series, do what you gotta do. But at the end of the day, The Last of Us Part 2, whether you like it or not, it's still a better game than, like, mm-hmm. a massive portion of everything that's coming out at the end, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's still I get... something of quality. Absolutely. And, like, I just don't... I think that there's like two very extreme ends of the spectrum in regards to how people receive this game. Um, I know that Neil Druckmann, the director, has been very combative with a lot of the negative, um, you know, negative press that the game has got. But ultimately, I mean, um, I, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I think I fall, I fall somewhere in between. I, I am disappointed with some aspects of the game, but I'm also tremendously proud of other aspects. Um, yeah, man. I, there's, there, like I said, there was moments, and you guys, you could watch, uh, my, my playback on the live stream. There were moments when I would see things in the game. I'm like, wow, that is fucking beautiful. Like, yeah. and people are upset about the ending and whatnot. And I thought the ending was perfectly fine. I don't know. It kind of leaves you kind of, kind of depressed. And that was kind of how the ending for the first game was. It kind of left you empty kind of feeling because of the situation that happened. So I don't know, man. Uh, I wish it was better. Uh, but I mean, with, with that being said, you know, they're going to be, I'm sure they're going to probably do a three, um, some point down the line. There are opportunities that I see in which they can do a three. And, um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what even what else to say about the whole situation when it comes to, uh, The Last of Us Part Two, but it is what it is. All right. You'll notice, well, one last thing. Notice how all the complaints are about the story, not the gameplay, not the look, not the feel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll yeah, that. That, yeah, that's true. And speaking of Naughty Dog, uh, apparently they're starting to kick around their next project. I'm sure for a lot of those folks over there, the feedback for this game, The Last of Us Part Two, kind of left a sour taste in their mouth. So they said, fuck it, let's work on something else. And the rumor is, uh, Uncharted 5. All right. So, uh, I thought that they left Nathan Drake's story at a pretty, pretty good spot and, uh, I wouldn't add to it, but apparently they're going to be, um, taking on another game with the, the characters that we love to know, Nathan Drake. And apparently his daughter is going to be a main fixture in this game. Uh, and I think that's kind of interesting. So we obviously, we don't know a whole lot. They, they just started working on it or they just started to write up plans for it. But, uh, yeah, expect that down the pipeline. Uh, and uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see, you know? Hell uh, yeah. And then next up is Mixer. Uh, so Mixer is basically the competition to Twitch or was, was, <laughs> yeah, was, um, they were responsible for signing on such large acts as such as Ninja and Shroud for a large chunk of change. And I guess, this, you know, Microsoft, it's Microsoft run was, uh, they have decided that they're just going to cut their losses in this particular situation going to release ninja and shroud from their contracts and they signed for a tremendous chunk of change good for them and apparently they're going to be merging with facebook gaming uh good thing bad thing what do you think well good thing for ninja and shroud i mean they just essentially got a free couple million dollars right now they can Mm -hmm. return to their home platform again and just start i mean yeah not from scratch but you're still gonna have a massive following after all that Mm -hmm. uh good for them mixer didn't work out so i'm kind of curious to see who else will step up to the plate well from what i understand uh i think youtube gaming has really kind of stepped up its its game when it comes to the whole streaming platform i haven't really played around with it too much uh but apparently they're doing a pretty good job uh facebook gaming 
Uh, it's kind of hard to measure success over there, uh, from what I understand. Um, but you know, the thing about Twitch is that that's where everybody is right now, you know? So, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see, like you said, who the next kind of, uh, contender will be for this. And, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, keep moving forward and see what happens, you know? Good copy. Alrighty. Let's move along. Music news and reviews. Let's talk. Bring me the horizon. All right. Let's talk about it. What do you think? What's going on? So they dropped a single called Parasite Eve. Mm Mm-hmm. I like it. I quite like it a bit. Oh yeah, you like it quite a bit? Yeah, I think um uh I don't want to say it's a full return to roots, but it definitely feels like it this sort of style that they're doing should have came right after some paternal. Mm-hmm. Um I mean what do you want me to say? It's masterful production. Mm-hmm. Ollie and Jordan did another banging job. I think this is just more catered to what we wanted out of this band and that's why we're covering it now. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. All right, so um, like you said, you bring me the horizon has caught a well, at least I can speak for myself, has caught a decent amount of flack for me, uh, when it comes to a lot of their uh, wholesale changes to their sound, um, uh, and I was not a fan of it. Uh, anything after Step Returnal, I consider quite. I don't want to say low quality because that implies that like they didn't do a good job, but I just I didn't find it as appealing as anything before that. So. Uh, with this being said, I, I, I turned on this track and I was kind of taken aback a little bit by like the Lion King opening. Uh, I thought that was a little strange, but that it, the song actually kicks in and I like it. You know, I, I, I think Bring Me the Horizons doing what the Bring Me the Horizon does best and that's make a killer chorus. You know what I mean? That, yep. uh, that's easily sing along to, not too confusing and, uh, a great pattern, great delivery. Uh, Ali gives probably one of his best vocal performances in the last couple of albums on this track uh i love the visuals of the video i thought those those were quite cool and i love how they brought back uh this is a war that that line that was from it uh, it never ends i just think that's kind of cool and uh i guess we'll have to wait and see i mean from what i understand i mean you can tell me if i'm wrong but apparently they're going to be dropping like four smaller yeah, they're like concept EPs or yeah. albums, or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, all under like one name, I guess. Like it's going to be called, I think it said Post Human or something like that, it said. Um, so like each section, each separate EP is going to have like its own sound and like, you know, textures and stuff like that, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, and I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I am tremendously curious on what their plan is next. Uh, like what they are going to do as far as the next sound or the next song. But I think it is uh interesting because you you had to know that they probably wrote this song remote from each other, that they probably weren't sitting in the same room doing this. You know? So um I found it quite cool. Quite interesting, actually. Even the video, like the video was shot remotely too, like where people were not they were not in the same area <laughs> when they were doing this video. So I thought it was cool. I think it shows tremendous creativity for them. And for the first time in quite some time, I am not disappointed. <laughs> with the bring me the horizon song so i guess we'll train yeah there you I go guess. there's the there's the episode title yeah maybe uh but yeah so i don't know man i guess we'll have to wait and see bring me the horizon coming back uh into my good graces and uh well i guess we'll have to wait and see what it looks like moving forward all right uh so amir dropped an album all right it's called hindsight and i listened to it and now uh, i think you and i have both t- talked about this how uh, I'm probably the bigger Amir fan out of the two of us, right? 
in particular, the last couple of things that they've done. Um, because anything prior to like, I want to say 20, like 15 was all breakdown music. And whether you like it or not, I didn't like it too much, but I did like the, the last album, look at yourself quite a bit. So I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's give this a look. Let's give this a, a, uh, you know, a spin. So I gave it a spin the other night, probably about a week ago at this point. And, um, I don't know exactly what they were going for. Um, a lot of the songs, uh, I don't know. I just, it doesn't feel like it's music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like it's just him saying things really low with a creepy voice and then like really loud kind of violent guitar riffs kind of stacked on top of it. And, uh, some songs he said, are cool. I'm not sure if it's music. Jesus yeah, I, I'm just saying like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't feel creative to me. Uh, and I don't know what's going on with the dude, the vocalist from Amir. I forget his name. Frankie, I think it is. I don't know what's going on in his head, but there is a track where he calls out multiple bands. And, um, from like Attila to like straight from the path to um, like fit for a king and all that. And it's like, basically he was saying he was like better than all of them. And I'm like, I don't think you've ever been better from, than from fit for a king, like ever in your whole entire career. And I like them now, or I try to. And, um, to me, it's just really confusing, man. It's a 13 song album. That's 30 minutes long. You know how I feel about that. <laughs> you know what the fuck? Yeah, it's like thir- yeah. Let me let me make sure it's not like just two and fifteen. Let me yeah, two minutes fifteen make- seconds a piece. No, I'm not. Maybe let me let me just make sure that I'm not just shitting on them for no reason. Yeah, thirteen thirteen songs, thirty one minutes, thirty minutes long, and apparently the the theming of the album is like the music industry and and whatnot. And I don't know, man. It's just it's very confusing. It's very confusing noise to me. Right. So, um, I'm not exactly sure how to feel about it. I mean, Oh, that's hilarious. Episode 159, 159. Jake <laughs> falls back in love with Bring Me the Horizon and then <laughs> ends up hating Emir. We did a total like reversal of last year's <laughs> fucking big moves. Yeah. So, uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I, it's just like the songs that are on there, there are songs that rip, but they're like really short. So you can't really. Get too excited. Can't even warm up to them. Yeah, you can't really even get excited about them because by the time you're like, "Oh wow, this is interesting," the song ends. You know, so I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna give. I, I'm. I'm. I don't want to give you too harsh. I'm gonna give them a a D for this uh, because it just doesn't feel like a complete work. It feels like every song. It feels like halfway through, the producer's like, "Okay, that that song's done. Let's move on to the next one." You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't know. You know what they need in their life, Gabe? Jesus? No, well, no. They need a Will Putney in their life. That's what they need to kind of bring this shit back around and correct course because I'm not exactly sure what hindsight by him you're... I'm going to stick by that Jesus comment. (laughs) (laughs) Which tried to accomplish here. I think they definitely, definitely missed the mark, and I am uh, a little bewildered by it. I'm not going to lie. Good copy, sir. I wanted to like it, too. Uh, So there's that. Uh, one of the shortest music sections ever. I feel like we had more than I feel like a lot of it disappeared. I don't know what's going on with that. I feel uh, like we've been consuming and then not writing it down, you know? That, that's, that's probably more likely the case. Maybe there's a lot of stuff that I intended to write down, but I didn't. Uh, you know that Counterparts came out with a new, a new track? Uh, two new tracks besides they're absolutely phenomenal. Love yeah. Love. I was, I was just listening to them before, uh, we, we went, we went live on the, on the pod, but, uh, yeah, I, I like them quite a bit too. 
Uh, who else got some? Well, you're the knife. We'll talk about that. Uh, you're the knife. Got some, uh, got a couple singles out. And, um, I don't know if you listen to them, but it's like borderline death metal. <laughs> like it's straight up like almost nineties death metal, but like in a good way. I don't know what they were planning on doing, but I kind of like it. Hell yeah. You know? Uh, band called Necrogoblicon released the cover of Chop Suey. So there's that. <laughs> How's that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there's that. All right, and uh, yeah, man, I, you got anything else to add, Gabe? Uh, dude, I think this might be it. We got we got to do a little bit better with this music section. We got to get around to the Ghost Inside album. Is it out? Yeah, it's been out for like a month. <laughs> it is not. You're a liar. Like three weeks. Okay, so that explains that. Yeah, we have to get to that. Maybe we'll do that. Put that on the agenda for next week for sure, and we will go ahead and cover that. But yeah, man, that was relatively short. I don't know, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. Um, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and cut the, the, what's it called? The iTunes version of the podcast. That will be cutting mm-hmm. for it in a second. Uh, but thank you guys for joining us. You know, uh, Twitter is, you know, you guys get the whole deal. Uh, we're all out and about and whatnot. So please come and check us out. We have tons and tons of episodes at this point and, uh, I think they're mostly funny. <laughs> so please check us out then until next time for my iTunes folks. Deuces. <laughs>